It's the Colvin Brothers Podcast. Well, let me tell you something, brother. I'm gonna tell you, brother. Take this, brother. I've always dreamed about having a brother. Brother Michael. Number six for Cole. You're my kid brother. You take care of me. Perhaps we're long lost brothers. Brothers, we're the Colvin Brothers. Tell your brother the stockyards are ours now. Colvin Brothers on Z93. But Marge, I want to see my brother. My brother makes the noises for the talking. My always likes you best. Steven is my brother. The Colvin Brothers. <laughs> on Z93. That 90s show. 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 Show, play for me. 
evening, everybody. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. It's time for the Colvin Brothers, and it's also time for the Royal Rumble. Oh, I was going to say it's that 90s show. April and <laughs> Lake Louise Marie wanted to hear uh, some Cheryl Crow. And it's also going out to Hacksaw Jim Duggan at the Glens Falls Civic Center. So, all right, you already said, talked about this Royal Rumble. <laughs> and I, what I found out from my brother, this is our 26th show, so we've literally been doing this for six months, half a year, is that all of these things I thought that were just Stevenisms are really things that you've cribbed from wrestling. Like, you know, you know it's Sunday and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, what is going on? We're, we're getting together at my house tonight after the show. I have no idea what's happening. Yeah, as soon as this show is over, we're getting in the car and we're shooting over to Michael's house and uh, having a little Royal Rumble party. Okay. There's pay-per-views every single month, mm-hmm. but there's what they call the Big Four. And right. Royal Rumble is tonight. It's the Big Four. Part of the Big Four, which is the road to WrestleMania. Mm. WrestleMania is going to be at the same place that Super Bowl is. It's going to be down there in uh, Tampa Bay. Which is so weird because the Super Bowl, for the first time, is going to have a home team. But that's another discussion for another time. And the Royal Rumble, what's cool about that is it's like a countdown, which Bryce will like. Uh. Every two minutes, a new wrestler comes out until there's 30 wrestlers that have oh, come out of the, the ring. Oh, is this the thing? When you lived in Connecticut, I went out for one yeah. of them. That's this? I've been hosting these parties since 2000. Yeah, but- Five when I, I had an apartment. Remember, I, I had an apartment. I, I, I went there once to get your cat. But <laughs> I, I, the only thing I remember about that night was that you you had some kind of computer problem, and it, I'm not a computer whiz by any means. Oh, but yeah, I in, remember this. In our family, I qualify, and I think I was in that room for like four hours, so I didn't even see what you guys were watching. Yeah, I supplied you with a wrestling shirt, and I got one in my backpack, which I'm going to put on you tonight, so people can see that on Facebook. Oh, even though he's not a wrestling fan, he's going to be wearing a shirt. Oh. But yeah, it's the one pay per view that I host, no matter what, every single year. Anyway, what do we got? So it's that 90s show, and we're going to be touching on the decade of the 90s all throughout the show. Mm. I'm going to drop a couple nuggets in you right now. So does Bryce watch Nickelodeon at all, or Nick Jr.? Nick Jr., she's got everything memorized, yeah. So Nickelodeon blew up in the 90s. Right. I, I was already past like the cartoon stage because He-Man was off the air, but uh, Nickelodeon, Rugrats, which I never got into, but everyone that was born right around like 87, 88 mm. will be like wondering why I don't watch Rugrats. Like our niece, uh, Brianna, Breezy. Ah, Breezy B. Yeah. Is that her first shout out hey breezy <laughs> i'm not coming to your wedding keep I, going i call her foot breezy nah, i've got a gig another thing in the 90s furbies were a very <sighs> hard toy to get <laughs> right we did the thing about knockoffs last week yeah. our mother i thought that was a real furby <laughs> no, i think that was a real no, furby no. she wanted one so bad and i couldn't get one so i got i got her oh. the knockoff I mean, eventually, I think she got the real one, but it was after they were they were hot. The, the thing about them, if you put two of them together, like in front of each other, they would talk to each other. That was yeah. like their gimmick, right? Yeah. So whatever I got her was not. A oh, fur. see, I always thought that was the real deal. I can't remember the name, but I was I bought it. It was at probably Caldor, where a very good friend of mine got caught shoplifting, and I I, I know for a fact that I personally bought her a knockoff. All right, I didn't know that. Well, the other big thing was the Beanie Babies. You bring that up, and we talked about Bryce. Bryce has this thing. Where she hates tags, all right. So oh, yeah. anything that has a tag on it, like a pillow, pillowcase, clothing, or toys, she asked me to take the tags off. So you know, I got so used to this that around Christmas, I was cleaning some older stuffed animals that happened to be lying around, and she asked me to take the tag off of this particular thing. It turned out it was a beanie baby, and I didn't find out till she brought it over to her grandparents' house that it was worth a hundred bucks, but isn't now because they oh, cut the man. tag. I was like, blame your granddaughter. Yeah, I wasn't sure if those were worth because I collected all the sports ones, of course. Mm. Uh, my wife has a whole bucket of them in the garage, but people used to collect these things, and like you said, like I remember Jennifer got something for Yankee, and me being nostalgic, I kept it because it said you know, dear Yankee, Merry Christmas, and Tanner, you know, same age basically as Bryce, mm-hmm. ripped the tag off after yeah, six yeah. years. Hey, when you have kids, you just have kids. And it's we're talking about our children. You've got a daughter. I do. I've got a daughter. And I think this song, it's not really sentimental, but it's a nice one to throw out to them. Yeah, Pearl Jam was huge in the 90s, the grunge era, Seattle, 1990. I wanted to play something off their album, 10, but every song was close to six minutes long. Oh, we don't have that kind of time, man. So this is their second album from <laughs> Versus, it's Daughter. Pearl Jam, the Colvin Brothers on Z93. Alone, listless, breakfast table in an otherwise empty room. A young girl, violins, center of her own attention. The mother reads aloud, child tries to understand it, tries to make her.
of the 90s. Question two. Who would you rather spend the night with? A, your wife, or B? B. <laughs> that 90s show with the Coven Brothers on C93. Coven Brothers on Z93, that 90s show, Alice in Chains, Wood. That goes out to Alice, who actually is in Chains at the moment, so there's a nice tie-in. Oh, uh, yeah, this kind of stuff does is Albert have... teacher? I don't know. She's just very dark. <laughs> Speaking of Alice in Chains, there was a place in Middletown, you probably don't even remember this, it was called The Class. Yep. They were trying to make it their chance, but it didn't. It never really took. It was in the downtown Middletown. It, it almost had the feel of a high school auditorium. Like there was the stage was just black plywood, and it probably held like two, three hundred people. Anyway, people don't realize this. Everybody thinks that Nirvana was the first grunge act to break. It was not. Alice in Chains was getting airplay before that with Man in the Box, mm -hmm. and so it was my job. I, I was like Mr. Appearance in those days. My radio station sent me out to introduce this band that we had just started playing called Alice in Chains. Great show. And afterwards, I'm hanging out with the band, as you did, and Lane Staley, I'm not making this up, asked me where he could get smack. It's the only <laughs> time in my life I've ever had that question. I felt like I had to act cool. So yeah. I was like, oh, man, it's really dry around here right now. Sorry about that. Hey, and of course, you know, considering how he died, you know, it was ironic. You know, years later, I guess he found it, but not, not in Middletown and not because of me. Ready for the five? The Colvin Five. Are you ready for the Colvin Five? Five. 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 On Z93. All right, so the Colvin Five this week, we put it on our Facebook page, the Colvin Brothers on Z93. We asked you 
what did you watch during the 1990s? And before we get into it, mm. I mean, there's a, a lot of shows. I mean, back then, I think uh, you were probably taping them on the VCR. Well, that was my big era for, for doing that. Yeah, I programmed my VCR. I, I seem to remember Fox Sundays. They had a name for it. And every show from 8 until 11, they would close out with, like, stand-up comedy. And they kept changing the name of that thing. But those were my shows. So you had Herman's Head. Yep. Um, Parker Lewis can't lose, which was awful, but I still yeah. had to. I was like addicted. Uh, there get was a life a, was that part of the get a life was briefly part of that. Well, the shows you want to think about back then in the nineties, Twin Peaks, which I just binged probably two years ago, huge in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, nineteen ninety two, nine hundred two one zero, which uh, Carolyn and Jennifer put that on, so I got stuck into it. Never, never bothered. HBO started Sopranos in the nineties, but they also had a show called Oz. The Oz was the first pay cable series, which paved the way for everything we're doing. All that streaming that you kids do. Mm-hmm. Oz was the first, and you watch that show, every single person on it is uh, known for something else. And also, I think they've all been on Law and Order. I'm not lying. Like, if you, I, I believe every member of Oz has eventually been on Law and Order. Well, I think Edie Falco, who was on The Sopranos, is uh, Tony's wife, started on yeah, Oz. Yeah, she was. Right? Uh, she was a prison guard. Yep. Yep. So then, uh, Full House with uh, the Uncle Jesse and the twins. Well, I've, twins. I've, I've I've hung out with Stamos a couple times. He, he thinks he's a Beach Boy, so we have we have. We yeah, have he plays the drums. Yeah. Saved by the Bell, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Dawson's Creek, ER, which Mom watched. I watched that from its inception to the last episode, and it had its moments. Linda. Cardellini, who I, I really enjoy. She's in that Better Off Dead thing with Christina Applegate. She got her start on ER. Oh, the, the Netflix show? Mm. Okay. And then one more I wanted to mention, just because I actually was in school with her. The Real World. I never watched The Real World, but uh, I think the Seattle version, there was this girl named Irene. People will remember it because she got slapped in a very famous scene. She was in my Com 101 class at Dutchess Community College. No kidding. But she never showed up to class and she got an A plus. But I think she hung out with the teacher on the yeah, on that, the that, side, that, that so. kind of thing could happen. But it still happens. I mean, otherwise, why would that? Why would a teacher be the number one streaming thing of 2020? Number five, Married with Children. This is going out to Mole in Cairo. Okay, yes, Married with Children, very innovative. Fox was struggling. You do you remember when there were only three networks? Is that something that's in your head? Yes, because I remember when uh, you know Dad would say, "Oh, there's nothing but trash on that show." <laughs> but he got into Married with Children because. Who didn't like Al Bundy? Oh, he was Al Bundy. And so when Fox came along, a lot of us that were older, I mean, I was a teenager, but we were like, oh, this isn't going to last. They they tried unsuccessfully to give Joan Rivers a talk show. Oh, yeah. Married with Children was the first time that they locked into something that really took off on a nationwide sense. And, you know, it spawned many careers. I've I've spoken to both Katie Segal and who's the uh, David Faustino who played Bud. Yeah. And uh, like a lot of shows in the 90s, it eventually featured Ted McGinley, who was like death <laughs> to every sitcom ever. Well, he was from Revenge of the Nerds as one of the villains. Mm-hmm. And I just read this last night because I finished Sopranos. Ed O'Neill um, was up for Tony Soprano. He's a great actor. And of course, he got a second life with Modern Family. And we love that show as well. Number four. That would be me. We've got Friends for BB in Bethel. Um, this was a show that obviously defines the 90s in a lot of ways, but me being me. I know what you're going to say. Uh, you know what I'm going to say. What am I going to say? You're going to say it's a lap track classic. <laughs> oh, no, no. I was going to say I stopped watching after they got rid of the monkey. Oh, this is the originator of the lap track. Oh, like, they went so... not. The first one, but they went so hardcore with the laughs, you can't watch it anymore. Well, laugh tracks, you know, started out in the 50s because they needed something to prompt the audience. But I'm sorry, I'm not, I don't need to be told what's funny. Now, you know what, let me just play it right here. (laughs) Number three, The Simpsons, still going strong. Probably the only show still going strong from back then, Riley in New Jersey. You know how it got its start. Well, you you must know. Tracy Ullman. Right, we used to watch the Tracy Ullman show. That was the one I was trying to think of. That was part of that. And that's why we call each other boy. Just last night, somebody that I've been chatting with was like, what's the origin story of that? I was like, as a matter of fact, we might be talking about that on the show this week. Number two. Number two. In Living Color for Flair and Crumb Elbow and Mad Milk. Now this show, I watched it back in the day with Michael Gave a, a start to a lot of guys. Like Jim Carrey did some movies in the 80s, mm. but he got his first start on there. The entire Wayans family, and they were all brilliant. Yeah, I wish I still had my uh, Homie the Clown uh, poster that I had back in the day <laughs> at Gold Road. I had the T-shirt. <laughs> What's the big closer? I think I stepped on your feet. I did a Living Color at number two. Oh, so can I do this one? Yeah, you do number one. Oh, this is a favorite of Stevens. That's also mine. Brian and Haverstraw, Winona and Mama Kating, Seinfeld. That's the way that Bobby Mercer would always say it like during the games. Coming up after the game, Seinfeld. Well, George Costanza was an employee at the New York Yankees. He certainly was. But like so many classic shows, Dexter, Sopranos, Seinfeld's finale left people a little bit cold. But we're very fortunate, Stephen, because Curb Your Enthusiasm 
took the ball and they gave it yes. they gave it another season. So for those of you that have been holding off on curb your enthusiasm, please watch the Seinfeld season. You'll be very, very happy you did. And I told my brother for 15 years to watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. Now he watches it more than I do. Well, Steven, I was working during that time. Guess what? I got nothing else to do but binge shows now. All right, that's the Colvin Five. The Colvin Brothers with that 90s show. And by the way, they're real oh. and they're spectacular. On Z93. The Colvin Brothers Podcast. Do you have the time to listen to me whine? About nothing and everything all at once I am one of those melodramatic fools Neurotic to the bone, no doubt about it Sometimes I give myself the creeps Sometimes my mind plays tricks on me it all keeps setting up I think I'm cracking up And am I just paranoid? Am I just stuck? I went to a shrink To analyze my dreams She says it's like a sex that's bringing me down I went to a whore He said my life's a boy Sometimes I give myself the creeps Sometimes my mind plays tricks on me It all keeps adding up I think I'm cracking up Am I just paranoid? Cranberries and cake. Oh, that sounds delicious, but who are the bands? They're opening with cake. Wait, shouldn't cake be last? It's a dessert. A corn is last. Corn is a bigger draw than cake. That 90s show with the Coven Brothers on Z93.
It's the Coleman Brothers on Z93 this week. We're doing that 90s show in Nirvana. Come on. If you're going to do Pearl Jam, you got to do Nirvana. Smells like Teen Spirit, which uh, MTV, give big props to them. They blew this song up, and it blew up Nirvana. I was working at uh, Let's Dance, Let's Rock It, Let's Dance at the time, 1991. And you know the music had kind of gotten stayed. It was, it was basically a place to play hair metal from the 80s. And once in a while, a song would break through. Like we, met, we played Alice in Chains earlier. I would play Man in the Box. But when... Smells Like Teen Spirit was released. It just changed the whole landscape overnight. Like, I wasn't alive for when the Beatles did Ed Sullivan, but that, I have to believe it was similar because everything changed after that song came out. Yeah, they were huge. I mean, there was a band called Sonic Youth. They um, introduced Nirvana to their record label, and that's how things kind of blew up because they had a first album on an independent record label. Mm. I think it was called Bleach was their first album. Yeah, yeah. The album eventually sold over 7 million copies in the United States and over 30 million worldwide. So I think it was a big hit, safe to say. It it was, and you know, obviously... Kurt had his troubles, but I got to be honest with you, Stephen, seeing how great the Foo Fighters are, and they are great. They are the the most prolific band, I think, of the past 20, 25 years. I, I wonder how much Dave Grohl, who used to jam with my friend Kenji, uh, <laughs> I wonder how much he had to do with with that sound and and their hits because you don't just you don't just learn that that was already there. He does to this day still pays props to Nirvana. He talks about them all the time. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean I like the Foo Fighters and and cousin Thomas probably will be offended, but I I just enjoy Nirvana a lot more. Well you know they're they're coming from two different places in a way, but again my the pop sensibility that is part of Dave Grohl's nature. I, you just don't you don't just pick that up. I think it was just there, and that's why Nirvana has been able to stand the te- test of time. Because yeah, smells like Teen Spirit's iconic, but the whole album. I mean, just the melodies and what they were doing. Nobody else was doing anything like that at the time. And people remember where they were when they found out that uh, Kurt Cobain died. Where were you? I can tell you exactly. Um, our voice guy, who we reference on the show all the time, Greg O'Brien, one of my best friends. I mean, he is my best friend. I've known him for thirty three years. It was early April, and he was doing like one of the first big outdoor events with the radio station we worked for, he was at Dairy Queen on Route 9, broadcasting live. So I was on my way down to hang out, because back back in those days, Stephen, you, you you hung out with the people you worked with. It's a weird concept now. Hey, I used to do that. I used to do, I used to do uh, trivia. So I was probably driving down Spack and Kill Road, yeah. and he broke the news on the air. And it was just such... A gut punch. What time was it? Like late at night? It was no. It was like uh, three, four in the afternoon. Oh, then it must have been because I I know for me I found out on the school bus, so it must have been on the way home. Uh, because it, yeah, that would make sense around three or four. Yeah. So there was an update. So whoever was doing the afternoon drive back in the day, mm. school bus, and that's where we found out about it. Maybe it was C K Lamley from ninety eight Fame. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, had a, I had a reference, but I'll leave that one alone. So the next song I want to jump into. This is an American reggae rock and ska punk band. Uh, you know them. I know them. We still play them to this day. Oh, we continue our tribute to bands with lead singers that OD'd? <laughs> I wanted to talk about that too. Uh, Sublime is the name of the band and the, the lead singer did die before this was before released. It be, before it came out and it, it, it was huge. That's your word. Huge. Huge. It's going to be huge. Huge. But uh, Santoria, along with what I got, was the biggest hits from the band called Sublime. It's one of those rare moments in that particular time because in the 60s there's a lot of albums that you know every track. Every song on this album got some kind of airplay or I can at least play it in the clubs when I'm working and people just know, oh, so as that caress me down, turn it up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so this is going out to Breck's favorite wrestler, Bruno San Martino in the Pittsburgh Civic Arena. It's Santeria Sublime, the Culver Brothers on Z93. I don't practice
the Colvin brothers want to ensure that you don't turn into their producer, Breckman. You should pick up that coin. Money doesn't grow on trees, you know. Here we go again. Don't sit so close to the TV. You'll go blind. The flat screen is 11 feet away. Complaining about the bus? When I was your age, we walked to school. Uphill both ways, right? Finish that broccoli. There's people starving in Africa right now. This. Hope you didn't pay full price for those dungarees. They're full of holes. I can't. I I just can't. If you keep making that face, it's going to freeze that way. Mom, is that you? You're like a bull in a china shop. And you just called her fat. Mention my name. You'll get a good seat. Nobody needs your commentary when heading to the restroom. I may have already won a million dollars. No, you haven't. Your bedroom looks like a cyclone hit it. You don't have to turn into Breckman. Hash brown comedy. Keep listening to the Colvin Brothers. We can help. Why go back to the 90s? Smelly cat, smelly cat, what are they feeding you? Smelly cat, smelly cat, it's not your fault. That 90s show with the Colvin Brothers Brothers on Z93.
Coffin Brothers on Z93, that 90s show, Offspring, Self-Esteem for Tony Atlas at the Manhattan Center. And now frozen in a block of ice and transported through time to join us on the air today is the much-anticipated return a 40s man. Say, you cigar store Indian. Oh, right off the bat there, 40s man. That's something I don't think you could say on the radio. Oh, so I can't, eh? Ever take a Sunday drive down Main Street in Millbrook? I thought that <laughs> diner was a casino for the longest time. All right, 40s man, what do you got? So, the recent passing of Hammer and Hank Aaron brings the death toll of Baseball Hall of Famers since this time last year to a fieldable nine. Though, I wouldn't let Tommy Lasorda do anything more than kick dirt on late umpire Daryl Cousins' loafers. Ah, uh, come on, 40s. Everyone loves Tommy. Come to think of it. MLB Hall of Famers are keeling over faster than residents at a New York City nursing home after celebrating Chinese New Year. <laughs> Lou Brock, Tom Seaver, Bob Gibson, Al Kaline, Joe Morgan, Whitey Ford, Lasorda, Don Sutton, and now O. Henry himself. I hear tell the Say Hey Kid just canceled his newspaper subscription and went off the grid. <laughs> oh man, 40s. I really hope you didn't just put the Maloik on Willie Mays. way I see it, if you had the foresight to invest in a company that makes black armbands a year ago, you can go ahead and retire about now. Small wonder <laughs> that there are no members of the 2021 Baseball Hall of Fame class. Ah, that makes me happy, but why do you think that, 40s? They needed the syringes for the COVID vaccine. (laughs) (laughs) What do you have to say about people trying to make the Braves change their name, 40s? First the Indians, now the Braves? My old man could have come up with a few suggestions. Yeah, I think we're better off not hearing those. Still, as someone who was there at the time, that record-breaking night had to be a real thrill. Hard to believe all these years later that there were a lot of fans who didn't want Hank breaking the Babes' home run record. Why, in those days, Aaron received more hate mail than a mask distributor at a Proud Boys meeting. <laughs> 40s, man, we've gone through six months without having to mention those guys. Well, that's about it for this reporter. Gonna take a cue from old Hank himself and head home, make my way up to my attic, and reread my hate mail. I'm 40s, man, and I got a scram. The one and only 40s, man. Hurry up and get out of here before the the censors come. The Coven Brothers on Z93. Do I stress you out? My sweater is on backwards and inside out, and you say, How appropriate.
petrified of silence Here, can you handle this? Did you think about your bills, your ex, your deadlines? Or when you think you're gonna die? Or did you long for the next distraction? It's the Coleman Brothers on Z93, that 90s show. The hour's going by fast. Alanis Morissette, all I really want. You can't have 90s without Alanis. That's my opinion. Well, at least that album, Jagged Little Pill, pretty much every song on it got airplay. And uh, it was featured in a former version of this station when it was called Star 93. They did like an entire weekend tribute. Our, our good friend Jimmy Jam, also known as Jimmy Bill. Sorry about that, brother. You guys will be there next year. Um, he put together this entire weekend at a, at a time where that sort of thing wasn't really happening anymore. And I remember that more than I remember the impact of the original album. I think it was for the 10-year anniversary or whatever. But yeah, it's it's a classic. And um, we could have picked any song. All I really want was the song that I remember myself playing on the air. Yeah. It wasn't a single, but it just, it, it's still holds up and uh what a great record yeah i was playing her on the air as well because i think i jumped on right around 96 97 so uh we were playing a lot of her she was uh, a person who sold over 75 million records mm. total and uh, she was dubbed the queen of alt rock angst by rolling stone yeah and, and people say that she couldn't follow it up the problem is and this happened with thriller it happened with fleetwood max rumors when you go that big you're not gonna top it you're just not you know so the bottom line is that the stuff that came out subsequently, while not as iconic as Jagged Little Pill or ironic, it, uh, it's still great <laughs> stuff. And I, 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 one thing I do miss is she could still be putting stuff out. She just doesn't. I think that's sad. Well, she had a return, uh, I think it was right before the pandemic. She was on Broadway for her album. I guess it was the story of Alanis Morissette. Okay. And uh, so she was appearing on all of the talk show circuits, and she could still sing, let me tell you. Well, she's not going to lose the voice, but I, it's funny. I was dating a Canadian a few years after this came out. Hey. Uh, Calgary Carly. Anyway, she, because she was Canadian, she had the first two Alanis Morissette albums that nobody ever heard, and you right. don't want to hear them. She was, she, I think that she was a Nickelodeon kid. Yeah, she was. And, you uh, can't do this on television. Yeah, so they, they, they tried to turn her into a Pop-Tart, you know, kind of like Britney Spears a few years later. It just didn't work. So fortunately, she uh, rested artistic control, dated a guy from the aforementioned um, Full House, yeah. and got really, really pissed off, and this was what we got. Yeah, I hosted the Funtime Tours bus to see her and Garbage, another great band. we got to play them Love sometime. Them. Uh, they opened up for her, uh, I believe it was down in uh, New Jersey, where the Nets used to play. What was that all called? Uh, the Brendan Byrne Arena. I can always sense when there's a Lane Bajardi impression. <laughs> so what's your uh, secret Instacart song of the week? When we're when our show is airing, I'm getting, my, my phone gets blown up by Lane Bajardi, who we did news with in the day. Your phone gets blown up by Rick Zolzer, who also has a show here on Z93. Yeah, 12 to 1, three-man booth now. Fran Pomerico is a big, huge Yankee fan. Mm. Love his takes. Check it out, 12 to 1 on Sundays. So they both give you know give us relative crap for, you know, that's not obscure. <laughs> so, But the, the point of the obscure song of the week from Instacarting, it's always ShopRite. The other stores just have this stuff that's it, like all Ed Sheeran. But at, at ShopRite and Poughkeepsie and ShopRite and LaGrange, yeah. um, they, they have very esoteric soundtracks which feature a lot of yacht rock, but not necessarily the stuff that you hear all the time. So this week for you, Zoles, the Little River Band, The Other Guy. The other guy won't be around to talk to our kids. He won't understand when you're down the way that I did. Now, I know you've never heard that before in your life, but trust me, Lane and Zoles love that tune. <laughs> I always like to hear something new. I had to Google Pablo Cruz last week because he was texting me about it. So usually we do Who Dies Today, but this weekend, 
no one really worth mentioning. So we're going to flip the switch and do who was born today. Hold on. Who was who born, was today? born today? today? Happy birthday. Oh, hello, Frosty. In 1919, speaking of Zoles, Jackie Robinson. The first African-American Major League Baseball player for Brooklyn Dodgers. And we just, uh, the 40s man had pointed out that we've lost nine Hall of Famers in the past calendar year. The record for the most in a single year, like the 2020, we lost six. The record for the most in a single year was seven in 1972, of which Jackie Robinson was sadly uh, one of the esteemed. And I always like to make jokes with my Mets friends whenever I go to City Field. We all know 42 was worn by Mariano Rivera, and he wore it after all the 42s were retired. It was also worn by uh, the Mets' Butch Husky, that hunk of butter. <laughs> you stole the joke from me, kid. <laughs> Number two. What's <laughs> my joke? I didn't steal anything. I came up with that. I know, but I wanted to throw it in there. <laughs> Number two, Hello Dolly actress Carol Channing, who you impersonated Ooh, last Carol week. Carol I got a lot of compliments for the job I did on Carol Channing, even though I stumped the seas. Woody actually figured that out. Our friend Woody, who's going to be a, a new he's feature. He's going to be a part of the show, right? Because we're going to lose Breckman to Florida sometime soon. Yeah, so we're going to bring Woody and he's going to be giving us news updates. Number three, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul actor, Jonathan Banks in 1946. Jonathan Banks, my first time rem- I, and I know he was out there before this, but he was in Beverly Hills Cop. He's always playing the same guy in every single movie. Up until Breaking Bad, yeah. And I forgot, oh, 48 Hours. He was also the bad hours? guy in 48 Hours. He was. All right, number four, one of Michael's favorites, 1973, Portia de Rossi from Arrested Development. Love her. And then number five, Justin Timberlake, 1981. Wow, he's he's 40. Um, from the Trolls movie. That's where he's famous for, right? Uh, I, I think so. <laughs> he's a great actor, and he is funny. He's yeah. a funny guy. He is multi-talented. Now, I could totally see him hosting a talk show of his own, like a Jimmy Fallon style. Well, him and Jimmy Fallon are BFFs, so he's always on Fallon. Um, we got one more song that we want to do for that 90s show because I want to jump into the Royal Rumble after this. We're going to do Blink-182, All the Small Things. Mm-hmm. So the Royal Rumble, we went around and we asked what people's picks were. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Who's winning the Royal Rumble tonight, kid? Ravishing Rano. Are you, <laughs> I thought you were going to say Ravishing Rick Rude. No, no. Ravishing Rano from the Bugs Bunny cartoons. Yeah, my brief flirtation with uh, wrestling was the, with the aforementioned Kenji Sweeney in Dale City, Virginia in the early 1980s. We used to watch this horrible act. Act called the Freebirds, oh. probably before your time, but I'm sure you've seen video. Their song is still huge. To <laughs> yeah, this day. yeah. Well, that's how I discovered Leonard Skinner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, I certainly uh, knew about Jimmy Superfly Snuka back then, and Ted DiBiase was the other one. Yeah, the Million Dollar Man. All right. So anyway, uh, knowing that we were going to be doing this segment today, I, I went around to some of the hangers-on of the Colvin Brothers. First up, former boss of mine, you may know him as the Candy Man, Scott Curlin. <laughs> Who do you think? George the Animal Steel. All right, probably has no shot. Uh, also, another guy that we've not only mentioned on the show, but we dedicated our Hudson Valley hero, the the road code replacement. Uh, DOT. Engineer. DOT, man. It's uh, it's Godzilla George. Surprise entrant number 27, The Rock. Yes. All right, and uh, everybody's favorite producer. We heard him earlier in our Don't Turn Into Breckman segment. <laughs> Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Okay, and Mr. Happy himself, our voice guy, the OB. Royal Rumble. I, I, I could give a flying rat's batute about this, uh, but I'll say Chief J. Strongbow. <laughs> and I'm gonna, of course, that's what Greg would say. Yeah, and I'm going to jump in real quick. Seth Rollins is my pick, probably the only real pick that we just got. We got to get out of here. The buzzer is counting down. Let's get ready to rumble. We're the Coleman Brothers on Z9. All the small things True care, truth brings I'll take one lift Your ride, best trip 
Family. Wow.